This is The Think Tank with Dr. Michael Neal, talking about the major political, economic, and social issues of the week. The Think Tank, KTAR News on 92.3 FM and KTAR.com. Mike O'Neill here. I've done this show for approximately eight years, and we've dealt with just about every other topic imaginable, avoiding only one. Um, I can't think of anything more explosive and emotional than the subject of abortions because the stakes are high no matter which side of the issue you sit on. Um, it's, it's certainly a, um, uh, a large stake uh, kind of question, and I've avoided uh, dealing with that. We're going to break that today, but with a very high goal. I endeavor and have titled this, I hope we can follow through on this, the most civilized discussion of abortion you'll ever hear. My idea of civilized, by the way, is the following. Uh, any aspersions to the motivations in the character of people who sit on the other side of this, I hope, are off limits. That However, there are no constraints when we are dealing with matters of policy. Then for that, everything's on. Don't mean to censor anybody, but to keep the topic to the issue and not the person sitting on the other side of the table. Um, two guests who have been with us as a, as a couple here in the past. Uh, uh, Chris Love is chair of uh, Planned Parenthood um, Advocates, yes, um, and an affiliate of Planned Parenthood. Not mm-hmm. the, the, I think you described it as the political arm. Yeah, we're the, the C four. Tyler Montague has been here before. He is a conservative Republican activist. Welcome back to the show, both of you. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, just to kind of start this out, I want to ask you a question because I think it gets to the essence of it. Uh, and and I, a short answer, unless you, unless you really feel you can't. You know, I think this is a yes or no, but if you, but I don't want to force anybody yes or no if it's really not a yes or no question. Tyler, as you see it, does life begin at conception? Yes. Okay, Chris. No. Okay, that's the that's that's the essence I think of the problem <laughs> that we're going to get to. Uh, and let me ask you both collectively: Do either of you feel that there is any way that you can uh, prove? Your belief, to some degree, yes. I would agree with that, but I okay. think that uh, that's also a very personal. It's a personal decision. I'm I'm assuming to mm-hmm. me as someone who has been pregnant before, um, someone who has lost pregnancies before, someone who has terminated a pregnancy. I think that. Defining life for me depends on where I was in the stage of Mm -hmm. accepting whatever was happening to me and Mm -hmm. whether or not I was on board with it, Mm -hmm. right? Well, I was surprised, Tyler, by your answer. I I expected you both to say, no, I can't prove it, and that that my assumption going in is this is a matter of basically a faith, a fundamental belief, and that it's not subject to... Per- you You hedged on the answer, so I'll give you an opportunity to explain that. That's not a yes or a no, so... Well, I, you know, I, I think there's some measurable uh, signs of life. Uh, six weeks, there's a heartbeat. Well, I said human life. A human, few, life. Yeah, yeah. human life, mm-hmm. uh, there's a heartbeat. Um, uh, not long after that, we have brain activity. 
Uh, and as as you go, so it's, it's developing life, right? I I think there's a difference from day one of a pregnancy to to the end of nine months. Mm-hmm. The, Ten months. Or, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's not. Trust cheap. me, I that's remember. Not, I thought I, I thought it was twenty five years. <laughs> Feels like they, it. They do. Yeah, we we we've had six uh, kids. Well, yeah, we had three. Um, my wife had three uh, miscarriages earlier on, mm-hmm. and. They were disappointing, um, and we had one who died during birth, uh, choked on the cord, as mm-hmm. uh, and that was really tragic to us. Uh, mm-hmm. He could have been born a month or two before. You know, they could have just done a cesarean delivery, and he'd have been fine. Um, and and we had a funeral, and and it was you know we consider him a, a member of. He would have been the only boy, so maybe he bailed out for the it's for the best because I have five he girls. Knew. That's knew. right. <laughs> but uh, so it's I, I do I do I do think it's different. You know I you know day one it's a clump of cells and it's the beginning of life. And to me that's different than at the end when it's a baby. And I think most people think something similar or at least acknowledge that point so so i say yes and and there are different markers in the process and um and i and i can tell you somebody's you know observed the opinion research on this for a long time yes people make most people most people make make distinctions somewhere along that uh it is uh like most issues, it's, it's very uh, – almost, I think, any issue when you get the follow-up question, well, where do you draw the line? And that's true of almost any you know tough issue. The, the lines are elusive <laughs> when you're dealing with something that's a continuous process and reasonable people could agree. I, I For research for this, because the six-week uh, was um, – uh, it's kind of a magic number in political discourse right now because no that, basis in science because that, that was the basis of the Texas law, mm-hmm. and the stuff I read said well there's something resembling a heartbeat but there is not a heart right it's an electrical pulse mm-hmm. which I think everything has right well, um, in the in the beginning stages and I think think there is a discussion to have about uh, what people view. Uh, an embryo, a fetus, mm-hmm. as a baby. And I think that those are fine discussions to have. But I think the discussion should center the person who has to carry that embryo fetus when it's born a baby. Mm-hmm. And I think that the discussion has been clouded because of the political implications that have been thrown upon that, right? Um for me, it's a medical procedure, and I would like to have a medical discussion about that. But mm-hmm. in this climate, we just can't. Well, if you have um, – I, I think where it gets – and that was sort of the premise of my original question mm-hmm. is that uh, if that is a human life with the full value of a fully formed human life, then, then that is a component of the discussion. Mm-hmm. And 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 it is also one that I think is inherently somewhere between difficult and completely impossible to compromise in. If if it emanates from belief, you know, if it, if something's based on science or data, you can the, the essence of science, which many people uh, don't understand. The essence of science is this is our best 
our best shot at what we understand the truth to be, and it's always subject to revision. Some of those things, when in the case of abortion, when the standard, I, I think Roe v. Wade had something like this, if the standard is viability right. outside the womb, that is a moving target because science has made it easier, it has made it possible for a, a, a fetus to survive outside of the womb earlier now than than was the case 20 years ago. But not that much earlier. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> let's, I mean, I think let's be clear about that. And I think the line is generally 20 and 24 weeks, mm-hmm. right? Um, you can deliver a fetus at 20 weeks and its chances of survival are minimal, mm-hmm. right? And so if we're talking about viability outside of the womb as mm-hmm. the as the kind of the demarcation, um, then it's not so much a moving target, right? Mm-hmm. At that point, well, it's it's it is at least theoretically a moving target in that that the ability of medicine to I would say the trimester the trimester system is a moving target, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think that that's necessarily based in. Science, medical mm-hmm. science, right? I think that that's something that's based in some history about midwifery mm-hmm. and uh, gynecology being at odds with one another. But I think for viability purposes, no matter what we do, there are, you know, essentially fetuses are not viable mm-hmm. on their own without significant medical intervention. If they're born before that viability 20-week mark. Well, I, you know, viability is an interesting part of the debate, and it, it makes some sense to me. But I also think of myself. I use one of those CPAP machines to, to breathe at night. So, A, my wife doesn't get mad at me for <laughs> snoring all night. And, uh, B, uh, you know, I need it, uh, you know, for my health. And without that, uh, I could be in trouble or you know, my wife takes uh, medication. So I, I don't know. You know, it, it's an interesting component. We're, we're going to return in just a moment. When we do come back, I thought about this a great deal in preparation. And I want to ask a different question to each panelist. And in each case, what it is, is the hardest question I could think of for folks on your side of the argument. And I've got a separate question for each of you. In that spirit, when we return in the Think Tank. The Think Tank, KTAR News on 92.3 FM and KTAR.com. Okay, we're back here with Chris Love, Tyler Montaigne, talking the touchy subject of abortion. And I promised before the break that I was going to open this segment asking each one of you the toughest question that I could come up with uh, for folks on your side. I'm going to start with you, Chris. Okay. Okay. Clearly, you believe differently, but I believe Tyler believes, and certainly there are many people who earnestly and fervently believe, and as a matter of religious faith, that abortion is taking a human life. Given that, can you fault the people who believe this for trying to make abortion illegal? I mean, shouldn't they have every right to exert every effort to present what they may regard as a murder? I would say that... People who have that belief have the option to not have abortions, right? I think that people can hold earnest religious beliefs or moral beliefs about abortion that I'm not going to change, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to try to change those. But your your beliefs should stop and end with you because I might have 
a different belief about what happens to my body, mm -hmm. right? And this isn't like a public health pandemic, right? Where mm -hmm. me just breathing and coughing in the air next to Tyler would mm -hmm. endanger him, right? Mm -hmm. Pregnancy is something that happens to people who can carry babies, right? Mm -hmm. Who people who can carry pregnancies determine have babies. And I believe in reproductive freedom and reproductive justice. And so that means that every person has the ability to make autonomous decisions about what happens with their body and their medical health care. I believe that people should have the make the make affirmative decisions about when and how they want to start families and have families. And that includes terminating pregnancies. It includes mm -hmm. having babies, right? I believe that people should be free to raise their families and their children, the babies that they have in safe, healthy environments and communities. And I think that those things are fundamental to what I believe is someone who is pro-abortion. Mm -hmm. I think that those uh, ideals are fundamental to a whole lot of people. But, but let me return you to the perspectives of those with whom you disagree. Mm -hmm. Isn't it true that, and you are a lawyer, mm -hmm. you know that in the law, there's all kinds of things that the law does that constrains uh, behaviors of people because there are societal norms that say that we as a society, you know, a, a murder, a, a, a child rape. I mean, there, there are things that there are mm -hmm. things that uh, if if belief is prevalent enough that the society as a whole says that's you know, something that we're going to prohibit. And I'm not asking about your own uh, belief in this, but I'm, I'm, I'm asking mm -hmm. to sort of the I'm asking about the legitimacy in your mind of people who believe differently from you to pursue those ends. I believe that 75 percent of Americans agree that Roe versus Wade should remain the law of the mm -hmm. land. Right. And so that is what our law reflects. We've had safe legal abortions in this country for as long as I've been born. In fact, longer than I've been born because Roe versus Wade was decided the year before I was born, right? And abortions are safe and legal in all 50 states in this United States. And no, no offense to Tyler because he has the right to believe what he believes. Um, but I also have the right to believe what I believe and over 70% of Americans who've been polled agree with me. Okay. Right? Well, well, we'll return, if we get time, we will mm -hmm. return later to that general question of what things the law should embody. But I want to turn to Tyler for the second half of this segment. And again, I, I came up with, I think, is what I personally think is the most difficult question on your end. And that is the following. If abortion is always taking a human life... Uh, it would follow then, uh, if you really fervently do believe this, and you hedged a little bit maybe on that, but 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 let's assume for put yourself in the mindset of somebody for whom it is absolute. Mm -hmm. That would not that position. It would seem to me would not allow for any exceptions in the law. No rape or incest uh, exception. Uh, maybe even life of the mother. Uh, you know. Uh, a, t a rape 12 year old a woman for whom birth would cause severe age uh, uh injuries perhaps even death um if you 
adhere completely to the pro-life position, isn't it the case that really you can't allow any exceptions? Well, if if that was the context of your belief, then that those would be the conclusions that would follow, mm-hmm. right? And and I understand. I I don't think that. Mm-hmm. I I'm I'm one that's willing to grant that if you were raped or if the doctor says this is a severe threat to the to the mother's health, that if they got to it very early on in the, the pregnancy that mm-hmm. I, I'm willing to allow that. I don't think that would be the choice for myself or my wife mm-hmm. uh, if we were in that situation. And, and I don't think Chris would object. And she's not uh, – the position is choice. It's not arguing that anybody else should have to do any – make a particular choice but that they should have the That's choice. That's right. But but it is – if you feel like it is murder in all cases, how how can you allow that? Mm-hmm. How how you know, and that's where all the disagreement is the context mm-hmm. of what you believe. If if I had the same belief context that Chris has, I would think what Chris thinks. Mm-hmm. I think it's completely rational, and and uh, you know, if you think it's uh, just a growth or you know, not not a doesn't have independent value, then then. You know, mm-hmm. and people that tell you you can't are oppressive jerks. That's how. That's what I would think. But if you think that it's uh, a life that has value in of itself, then it's not. It's not just about your your freedom. It's about your freedom and that other life, and and that need deserves respect. So yeah, I've heard that put one one of the interesting ways. That, well, we'll get get that. In the the uh, heard it put that say the position Prager said this. You know, it's not. He said, I don't think it's a human life, but at the same time, it is something of great value and that and that law to reflect that. But no time to respond to that. We will return uh, in a moment after the break with news and other things uh, in the think tank. The think tank. KTAR News on 92.3 FM and KTAR.com. Uh, we're back with Tyler Montaigne and uh, Chris Love talking the subject of abortion. Uh, as often occurs here, I have to stifle a conversation in the break because it's some of the most, it's where you let your hair down and just, uh, you know, just relax. And that's what we aspire to here is a living room conversation. Tyler, you were commenting on the, the irony that many of the uh, pro-life side folks are all of a sudden become pro-choice when we're talking about vaccines or something else, uh, in many cases even mimicking the language. Right. You hear it say, hey, keep your keep your laws off my body. And like, wait, hold on, guys. You know what you're saying there. Um, it, but, you know, we and I, I tend to agree that force, it hasn't been very effective and and probably shouldn't be applied. But. But we, what we try to get them to understand is that you're not you're not making that decision in isolation. It affects other people. Mm-hmm. So your decision not to get vaccinated helps keep this thing alive, and then other people get ill, or you get ill, and you go in and, and use up valuable resources in the hospital, and and people can't get in. Oh, and, and people are being denied right now mm-hmm. entry into uh, ICUs because the beds are filled with people. Almost all of whom are not vaccinated. That's right. And 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 the people being denied are not necessarily COVID cases. Nope. Yeah, right. you have people dying from other causes, and and because it's filled with yeah. COVID, and and then just the loss. I lost a a, a longtime friend 
uh, on Sunday from COVID, mm-hmm. and he didn't get vaccinated, and it's just sad. I not. I'm not criticizing him. I'm, uh, you know, his family could use him, and and uh, you know, we'll miss him. So, so there's some there's some things for both there's, sides. There's, there. I, there's, there's ironies here. There's some ironies. Because the, the the I want to ask you both a question mm-hmm. here, um, and we kind of this is where we were with Chris a little while back. Under what, the question is this: Under what conditions should the law reflect your belief? You cited the fact. Oh well, seventy five percent agree with me on Roe v. Wade. But mm-hmm. at what, if it's a moral question, at what point? If, if you have an overwhelming majority, is that good enough? A, a bare majority, a plurality. What if you're a minority, but you've got the power to win? Uh, one might argue that's what happened in Texas, for example. Right. Well, we'll see. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if if your action emanates from a sincere religious belief, is that legitimate to act on that? Even if you're, I mean, is there real legitimacy in a minute? I've always thought this about, I, I thought this was the strangest thing about criminal law, particularly take, say, say something like marijuana and say, you know, if 52% think marijuana should be illegal and criminalized, are we willing to, you know, criminalize 48% of the 48 to 52 is basically, you know, a split decision. Right. It says there is not a consensus right. but on this a, issue. There's a pretty good consensus with re- respect to abortion rights in this country, though. And I think yeah. that the fact that the law has endured for how old am I? 44? For 44. Right. So 40 some odd years mm-hmm. um, is, you know, proof that, you know, this is something that Americans overwhelmingly support. And even those with valid, sincerely held religious beliefs, they can still hold those religious beliefs. I'm not stopping them from holding their religious beliefs, right? Um, What I'm saying, and other folks who are pro-choice or pro-abortion or whatever Mm -hmm. moniker you want to call it is, is that you all can believe whatever it is that you want to believe. We can also believe what we want to believe, and your belief should actually stop where my body begins, all right, and that's fine. We all have we all have our beliefs based on what environment we were raised in, what religion we were raised in, or no religion at all, and that's fine. And we have those rights in the United States. The First Amendment gives us the ability to hold those beliefs, but holding a belief and imposing it upon someone else are two different things. Well, that's super easy in so many other contexts. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a Mormon, you know, member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They want to get it right. The long, yeah, I don't want, <laughs> don't want to get in trouble for not using the long form. And, and you know, there's a lot of things that I think that other people don't think. And good, you do your thing and I'll do mine. And it doesn't matter. And, and the thing that makes the abortion issue difficult is that when when you feel like it is human life, then it's not. It's it, There's other people involved. And that's that, what makes it tough. That's why this issue gets tough. And right. I, I, I think that I was, brought, I was brought up Catholic, and I, you know we have a thing known as cafeteria Catholics who pick and shoot. I, I, I have not heard of cafeteria, <laughs> cafeteria Mormons. That, that seems there are there's a cafeteria for every denomination. I'm sure it's called. They call them Jack Mormons. Yeah, Mormon Jack, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought those. Well, yeah, that that's that's a, usually a pejorative term, isn't it? To be a Jack Mormon? Yeah, it's, it's oh, sort yeah. of like saying not really a Mormon. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Mormon light. <laughs> My college roommate was a Jack Mormon. <laughs> That's right. And I went to school in North Carolina. So. Oh, there you go. Right? 
Beer drinking Mormons. <laughs> exactly. And I, you know, it, I, in a country where we taught, you know, folks are really leaning into this live or let live sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's an interesting position to take um, with respect to abortion. And yes, there are lives involved. I wouldn't argue that the life of a fetus is involved, but I would argue that the life of the person who has to carry that fetus is involved. And I think I was saying on the break that, you know, the the overwhelming uh, group of folks that we see that come in to get abortions are folks who have already married and have children. And they're making a decision based on their ability to care for that child that would result in the pregnancy, right? And I think that folks come to this issue wherever they come to it from. But I truly believe that those decisions should be made by the person who is directly impacted, which is the pregnant person, in consultation with whomever their health care provider is. Because we don't know all of – we don't know every circumstance. And I don't want to know every circumstance for every abortion. I don't care. I I believe that abortion should be destigmatized. I think there is a a, a real disconnect, isn't there, Tyler, from from the image that's presented really from people on both sides of – who's making the decisions and when they are, et cetera. This particularly comes over the very emotional issue of a late-term abortion, which I understand is statistically, like, massively rare and usually involving horrific circumstances. Mm-hmm. But it, but in the debate, sometimes that takes over the whole thing right. because then we, we are talking about something that seems a lot – Closer to a that's a baby, basically more than a fetus. You know, we're talking about something at the extreme. You're talking about something that, uh, if there's any continuum at all, this is clearly on one end of it. Well, that happens in a lot of debates, doesn't it? You take mm-hmm. the the extremes and then try and characterize the whole thing as that. Um, and I, and I think. See, I think we should let it be a democratic process. If Roe was overturned, it doesn't mean abortion would necessarily be instantly illegal everywhere. It, means in be, Arizona? It, pro- it would probably be illegal in about half the states. It would be probably illegal probably. in Arizona. It, it, we have bor- abortion it, bans on the law right now that would go into mm-hmm. effect as soon as Roe versus Wade is where, where do you think it would settle out long term, though, In a, if, if, if what you say is true, mm-hmm. that most people support some don't you think a democratic process would yield something close to what most people think? I don't want a democratic process when we're talking about my constitutional rights. Right. And I, I think that we've seen that play out many times and through many civil rights era mm. decisions. And sometimes the, the society just gets it wrong. Right. Mm. And I don't want that to be the determinant. I don't want my neighbors to be the determinant of what I can and cannot do with my body that's constitutionally protected right now. I think I think it's fair to say that you'd have a division of states that mm-hmm. probably go pretty much along red state, blue state lines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you look, there's already reports of uh, of uh, the Texas law impact mm-hmm. is that there's a lot of buses and Southwest Airline flights from right. Texas to New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are they inhibiting abortion, maybe at the margins a little somewhere, certainly making it more difficult, making it a little more expensive. Well, but, I, don't, I don't know yeah. if all the inhibitions have done the most to 
to cut abortion rates. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at it, it's most people assume that everything in the world just constantly gets worse. But you know, in uh, about 1980, 81, it peaked at 39 per thousand uh, women. It's a third of that now. It's 13. Well, if you want to talk about, and this is, if if you're not in the absolute, if you want to, I think it's fair to say from the stuff I've read, I can't chapter and verse, but general knowledge. You want to cut abortion, you do sex education, right. you do... Abortion you know. rates are down across the board everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's because we have other things like, you know, more accessible birth control, mm-hmm. uh, more accessible education. However, you know, that's not what we hear from anti-abortion advocates. Mm-hmm. We're not here. In fact, they don't want comprehensive sex ed in school. I had to have this fight in my own school district, right? They don't want comprehensive sex ed. They don't want birth control to be more available. In fact, I think that that's the next frontier mm-hmm. is striking at birth control. Um, they don't want to come up with any other ideas with around birth control. They don't want to do things that would protect babies once they're born. They don't want to give them more health care. They don't want to give them more economic security. So, I mean, I think that and I just have this fundamental problem with the fact that our society gives all of this lip service to caring about women and children. Um, But what they're doing shows the exact opposite. We don't care about women. We don't care about children as much as we say we do, because if we did, our policies would reflect that. I think I think it's gotten better over time. And I think I think that was a really fair criticism you know, back when, but I, I think, and, and, and you know, some of the people on the the uh, pro life side are uh, they also hate immigrants, and mm-hmm. uh, it's like, come on, guys, you you have to value all life. At 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 uh, you know, that, if you're going to be pro life, you value all life, and and if a you know if a group's being oppressed, you you uh, work to and, overcome that, and you know, and, and so there, there's I a think this is where from. you have to do a shout out to your church, which has been very very good on the issue of immigration. I'm proud. Yeah. I am yeah. very proud. We'll be back in a moment uh, with a concluding segment. So, subject is abortion, and uh, so far 100 percent civil. Good for you guys. <laughs> That's because <laughs> I like him. It's fine. <laughs> back in a moment in the think tank. <laughs> The Think Tank, KTAR News on 92.3 FM and KTAR.com. We are back with Chris Love and Tyler Montaigne. Uh, We are uh, discussing abortion, and I asked you guys to think about a question to ask of the other. And and I ask you to do this in the spirit not of trying to discover or, or make pedagogical points, but a question about something that is an honest attempt to uh, understand the other side of the issue. And uh, Chris, you're, you're closest Am to me. So you go first. Okay. Well, I, I think that Tyler has a very uh, not necessarily uncommon position with respect to abortion. And I think that, you know, like a lot of Americans, he probably lives in the gray for a lot of it, right? Um, but are there, I guess, I would like to know the extent of your gray. Like, I know that you are a conservative who believes in individual rights and freedom. Um, I also know that, you know, you are someone who is anti-abortion and believes life begins at conception. But how do you kind of marry those two things as a conservative who is anti-abortion but likely has some 
wiggle room because you under, you have a, a complicated grasp of the issue? You know, I think it's a classic, uh, you know, your right to swing your fist ends at my nose. And so if you view uh, uh, these fetuses as life uh, in development, that's where you got to draw the line. Uh, with some of the exceptions we talked about, um, and yeah, it's it's hard. If I if I didn't think that, I would think what you think. Okay, I I don't I don't think that's a crazy position. It's just I don't think that. I think <laughs> I think that these are babies. You know, my wife is a nurse that works in the hospital, helping care for uh, babies. And in fact, when when one of them dies, she uh, makes a little plaster mold of the hands and feet, and 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 they're little real. Uh, developing babies. They look like a little person. Uh, not very far in, too. I mean, you know, it, it, it's a... So, I, I, yeah, I just... That's where I have to draw the line, I think. Your turn. Okay, so if, <laughs> if uh, you know, if... Um, What do you think about people that, that think that these are, are life? I mean, I think toward the end of a uh, pregnancy, I think there's a broader consensus that, hey, if we, if we went in and delivered this baby today, it'd be fine. Uh, um, you know, what do you – tell, just tell me about your empathy for people that have my position. Well, you know, I, I, I agree. You know, I think that, you know, toward the end of a pregnancy, I think that there's a different perception about whether whether there's life there. But I also know that toward the end of a pregnancy, abortions are extremely rare. And those are the cases where folks have made the decision that they want to have a baby, right? They're, they're hoping to come home out of the hospital with a baby that they have to take care of for the next 18 years. And so I don't view... Um, those I view those cases as kind of anomalies because we know that there's something wrong with the baby where it won't survive once out of the womb. We know some, there's some danger to the, the person carrying the baby's health at that point. And so those aren't the things that I generally tend to look at because those are really complicated um, procedures. And I think that it is most important in those terms to uh, for folks to ha- be in conversation and honest conversation with their medical provider. Right. I don't want to have I don't want to have anything to do with that. That is definitely between that person carrying the baby and the medical provider. But I also believe that that's true for every instance of abortion. Right. And I just, you know, as someone who has terminated a pregnancy at 19 because I had no business having a baby at that point in time and it saved my life. Right. It saved my life. And I know that there is the concept of the the life of the fetus or what have you, but it's okay for me to say that I saved my life because my life was important. And at 19, I had a full life to go. And if I had had a baby at 19, I wouldn't have been able to become an an attorney. I wouldn't have been able to choose the partner that I have and uh, have a baby when I was ready to have a baby. I wouldn't have been economically stable enough to do that, right? And so I feel like the abortion that I had uh, saved my life, right? And it likely prevented me from living a life of poverty, 
quite frankly. And I understand, you know, my family is very religious. You know, I was telling y'all that um, my mom is a preacher's kid. My grandfather was a Baptist minister. So I get having a sincerely held belief uh, about life. But I think that the life that is most impacted is of the person who has to carry a fetus until it becomes a baby. Um, I've had uh, miscarriages. Uh, One was so early that I was like, eh, next. Another one was very painful for me because I wanted to have a baby, right? And that's why I said in the beginning that it felt like it's uh, a matter of what the person, what the individual carrying the baby thinks, right? Um, But I also had several miscarriages on the way to having my daughter. And then I had the worst pregnancy birth experience that one can imagine. And as a black woman, I am in a statistic where four times more likely to die having childbirth, right? My life was important. If I died, then I left my husband and three other children um, without me. And so, yes, I, you know, I believe that life begins whenever you think it begins, right? I'm not going to tell anybody what they should believe about that. I, you know, I respect you and your belief that life begins at conception. I respect people who don't. And, you know, th- and that's where I sit. But I think that the life that is most important is the one that is expected to carry a fetus to term and how that impacts that particular person. I wanted to chime in with a, a, a couple of things just about, you know, the opinion research on this, because you've alluded to that in several occasions. And I think it's it's really way more nuanced than most people think. First of all, the terminology, mm-hmm. you know, pro-life is uh, uh, they're, they're both symbols adopted by each side. Pro, I, I think just observation, pro-life Trump, trumps pro-choice in the sense that life is, is about as basic as you can get. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm talking about the political symbol. Choice is almost like a shopping thing. Okay, it's a good thing. We Americans believe in it. Mm-hmm. But if you have a, if it were just life versus choice, life would life would. So pro life starts out in a, in an advantaged position. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think if you get into the policy, it's usually true that from it depends on how you ask the question. It gets very mm-hmm. very tricky, but. Uh, Pro-life tends to be absolutist. You know, if you th- that's life, therefore you must never terminate life. And it is that absolutism that I think accounts for people uh, tending to adopt choices that are more on the more pro-choice side. They, that doesn't mean 100% choice, but, but it means when you get into uh, life of the mother, okay, uh, it, the, the image of a 12-year-old who got raped, all those kinds, all those kinds of circumstances, people inherently uh, uh, empathize with that. Where uh, the pro-life side wins is when it is presented as kind of abortion on whim. You know, the the case of somebody, I just, I couldn't be bothered with birth control. I'll just get an abortion or something like that. I, you may argue that that's, that's rare, but it's, but it, but it is where, it's where people tend to go a little bit more in the, uh, uh, in the pro-choice. So choice and, uh, and life are both powerful c- circumstances. And it's why probably you say most people support Roe v. Wade, what Roe v. Wade is, is the embodiment of abortion under some circumstances. 
you know, and, and it's evolving when those circumstances are. Uh, we're out of time. I, I want to thank you both for uh, a successful um, uh, implementation of my goal, which was the most civil discussion of abortion that you'll ever hear. Thank you very much, Tyler Montaigne and Chris Love. We'll see you next week in the Think Tank.